0: culture and talking about the core values of the kingdom and we've uh, been uh, able to put them on the wall here and we've we've gone through them kind of methodically over the last couple months and uh, this this morning we're going to finish up on the 10th core value which is we are free and responsible can we just say free and responsible can we say that together free and responsible when you put an and between two words what does that mean What? Together, right? Also. Like like sometimes Christians, we love freedom. How How many of you believers love freedom? Right, we love free freedom. Right, we we love the freedom that Christ brings—freedom from the guilt of sin. How many of you are thankful for the freedom from sin? Anybody thankful for that? Right? How many of you are freedom from the chains that that bound you? Right? We love being free, and I'm telling you, freedom is is a huge part of the kingdom. Like it is, it is really the deal. In fact, when Jesus first declared coming on the scene, right as he was starting to do his ministry. You know, he walked into the synagogue, the local synagogue, and they're reading the prophecies of Isaiah, and it talks about how setting the captives free and, and, and breaking chains and all that stuff. And Jesus stood up after reading that, and he went, I'm the guy. I'm the one. What you just read, that's me. I'm the chain breaker. I'm the way maker. Don't you love that song? By the way, if you type in Waymaker into your computer, you know how you have spell check? It'll it'll switch waymaker to haymaker. Some of you older people, you know what a haymaker is, right? When boxing, when somebody threw a haymaker, boom, that was the end, right? Like you'd knock the other guy out with a haymaker, right? Well, I think that that's what we do to the devil when we declare that he's a haymaker. We deliver the devil a haymaker, amen. And that God is going to do these great things. and And we're so thankful that He has set us free. Right? Turn to the person next to you and say, "I'm free." I'm free. But here's the thing, and I don't wanna say but because recently I was reminded once again that if you make a statement that's good and then you say but, it negates everything you just said, right? So I'm not gonna say but, I'm gonna use and. We are free and responsible. You see, there's a responsibility that comes with serving Christ that I think many Christians lose. That in our freedom, We just think everything's okay, and there's no rules, there's no, you know, there's no consequences to choice. I'm just free, man, I'm free. And, okay, but freedom, first of all, came at a really big price, didn't it? Christ paid a huge price for our freedom. And I want to propose to you today that if we don't handle the freedom responsibly, then we do disvalue to the sacrifice that Christ made to buy us and purchase us our freedom. Anybody say amen? Right? There's great value in that freedom, not only in, for us, but who, what was paid for us. Amen? And so it's interesting that even from the very beginning, in the freedom that God made as he created mankind. So let's go back to the Garden of Eden, right? Let's go all the way back. And all the way back in the Garden God wanted us to know how valuable freedom was to him. For many people, you know, we we talk about this thing of free will. If I say the the word free will, uh, we talk about that in, in terms of God's grace. In other words, that God loves us so much that he gives us the opportunity to make choices either for him or contrary to him, right? And so... Even in the garden, it says in Genesis chapter 2, that it says the Lord God took the man, Adam, and put him in the garden of Eden to work it. Everybody say work. See, freedom has some work involved. Amen? Bless you. (laughs) All kinds of blessings just right over there. Right? He puts him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. That's really interesting, isn't it? Like, when we come to Christ, when we're in God... It's it's not just lay around and let God do everything. He says, look, I'm going to give you this freedom. I'm giving you all this stuff, put you in this massive garden, and and get to it, right? Then it says this, and the Lord God commanded, everybody say commanded, commanded the man, you are free, say free, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. You See, we are free and responsible. And right from the very first moment of creation of mankind in the garden, God is saying, look, I want you to have freedom, but freedom involves a choice. So isn't it kind of interesting in this Garden of Eden, we don't really know what it looked like, but we get the idea... It'd be a fun place to hang out, am I right? <laughs> right? The Garden of Eden, and right in the middle of it, bam, he puts the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he says, look, all this other stuff you can eat, but you can't touch that. You don't read very far in Genesis <laughs> before. Not satisfied with all of this. Adam and Eve partake of that and they disobey God and how many of you know that choices have consequences Now when we say consequences a lot of times we think that's bad and it's true there are bad consequences don't get me wrong but how many of you know that there's also good consequences Like I was reading even this week and it was talking about in Joshua he says That as he's moving into the promised land, Joshua is given the command by God, and then he passes it on to the people. And he says, if you will just, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, if you will just spend time in the word, if you will meditate on the precepts and promises of God, he says, then all this good stuff is going to happen to you. Right? So if we make a choice to spend an hour or two hours with God every day, do you think it will have a consequence in your life? Right? Right? Now we can call it reward or whatever you want to call it, but you and I both know that if I make choices of getting into the word, if I make choices of of seeking Holy Spirit until I speak in tongues, and if I go after God in a passionate way, good things are going to happen, amen. But on the other side, is if I can go days and days without getting in the word, what happens? You ever felt like a shriveled up raisin sometimes? (laughs) You know, like sometimes if I don't, if I find I'm busy and I'm doing all these things and I don't put the time in, or if I don't make those choices, I kind of feel all shriveled up. And I know there's as when I get to those points, I just go, God, you you have so much better for me. You know? But freedom comes with choices. Free and responsible. Free and responsible. Secondly, I want to just say this, that as people, sometimes parents, sometimes teachers, pastors, whatever, it is not our goal to remove sinful choices from people, but instead call them to freely love God and choose his righteousness. (laughs) Have you ever been, and I know we all come from diverse backgrounds, but have you ever been in a church that has a lot of religious do's and don'ts? Have you ever been in a situation where, like, if you don't wear the right clothes, if you don't say the right thing? Like, in the church, we've had so much condemnation over things like divorce, you know? We've had so much condemnation and thing over over choices that people make and different things. And here's the thing. We've tried to regulate behavior by telling people what they should and should not do. When in reality, we should help people understand how loved they are and not try to, you know, like as parents, this is tough. How many, how many parents do we have here? Okay, a bunch of us, right? Oh, don't you just want to sometimes step in and make the right choice for your kid? <laughs> you know? Like, no, no, that's wrong. Do this, you know. But how many of you know that freedom has to be developed? And if I live externally, in other words, if I live by what I'm supposed to do, I will never develop this freedom in my own life between right and wrong, good and bad. And how many of you know, as we've grown older, some of us have got a couple years under our belt, we, uh, we've learned by making bad mistakes. Anybody have this experience, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll tell you. I'll just, I am confession. All right, you ready? When I was in my early 20s, I thought it'd be cool to grow my hair out really long in the back and get a perm. Uh, and the consequences are I have pictures. This is true. <laughs> and my kids saw one the other day, and they're like, ooh, what is that? And you know what I said? Business in the front, party in the back. That's what that was. <laughs> right? But looking back on what I sometimes refer to as my ill-spent youth, <laughs> There are choices that I made that I would never make again because I realized in my freedom that was a poor choice to make, right? And I know many of you have choices like that, and we all have things we, go, we just cringe almost when we think about certain things we've done. But how many of you know that freedom brings release from all that stuff, right? But it also presents us with a choice right now is what am I going to do moving forward, you wanna know one of the most frustrating things for a for a leader in a church setting is when I watch people make the same dumb mistake over and over and over again. Amen. Amen. And I look at them and I go, oh, come on, you are made for so much more than this. You know, come on, once or twice, I get it, but come on, you're free and responsible. You, you have somewhere God wants to go with you, right? And I, I, and, I, and I get frustrated, I don't stop loving them, but I, how many of you, like, even with our children or people around us, we look at their lives and we just have this heartbreaking thing of, God has so much more for you than what you're experiencing, and, and he's just asking you to make some wise and good choices. We can't do it for him, right? In John 14, 15, well, in 2 Corinthians three seventeen, it says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. So he gives us this freedom. The spirit of the Lord is. And then we have a responsibility to say, and Jesus said to his disciples, loving me, Jesus says, empowers you to obey my commands. So there's this freedom but it's a freedom to make good choices, amen? And that's what we want to do. The third thing is this. As God's children, servants, and friends, we are not, everybody say not, (laughs) we are not free to do whatever we want. Rather, we moderate our freedom to protect our connection with him and with one another. It's so vital, folks. Because sometimes in the church, we've seen it where uh, somebody's freedom begins to impose on somebody else's expression. (laughs) Like their expression imposes on somebody else's ability to connect with God. give you a simple example. We have flags. I want you to use them. I want you to use them without whacking somebody else in the head. Right? (laughs) Like you have a freedom to worship, but at some point you have to moderate your freedom so that it doesn't impose on somebody else's ability to connect with God. See how important that is. I was thinking about that this this week. I'm driving down the road, and uh, Sydney, my daughter, is has passed driver's ed, and now she's driving. Right? I know. Woo! Stay off the sidewalks. You know the whole thing. Um, She's driving, and she's doing great. And uh, I'm. But how many of you know that transition from driver to parent in the in the passenger seat is really not the funnest one I've ever had? And so she's driving, and. And I had this weird thought, like at any moment, if she went to put on lipstick or did something, she could take that car and drive right into the other lane and have a head-on collision with somebody else. I know, cheery thoughts, right? (laughs) But I wasn't thinking about it in terms of death and that kind of thing. I was thinking how much trust there is in our driving system. Like when I take a left-hand turn... I have to trust and believe that that other guy isn't going to come and ram me as I'm taking my turn. Like he has to, you know, wait for his light while I go on my light. But what if that other guy said, I'm free, man. I can just drive. I got my license. I can do whatever I want. You know, just this whole system is based on free and responsible, isn't it? Like I have a freedom to drive wherever I want, but I have to go by the rules. I have to stay in my lane. I have to only go when the light turns green. You know what I'm saying? And yet in life sometimes especially in Christian circles, and I will say this, it's not an accusatory finger, but it's one of reality. I think the more freedom that we have in the Pentecostal and charismatic circles, where everybody hears from God, we can all have prophetic words, we can all do this stuff, it raises the bar, not as much on, well, I think it raises it on the freedom, but it definitely raises the bar on responsibility, right? So, another example, we would be one church that would say, we want to have prophetic words for people. I want you to prophesy over each other. But put your finger away. (laughs) In other words, I don't want you prophesying sin in other people's life. I don't want you calling out all kind of things that are wrong with them. Because sometimes in the prophetic places, there's been people that get out their six-shooter and it's like, bam, 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 bam. And the person being prophesied over is like, oh. Okay, I'm a filthy, rotten sinner. I'm going to go home and eat worms. You know what I'm saying? See, here's the thing. That's not the thing with prophecy. Prophecy is supposed to call out the gold. And you have a freedom to hear God's voice, but you have a responsibility to edify and build up the body of Christ. In Second Corinthians, it talks a lot about this, right? That we're all these different parts, but it's also that we can edify and build up and we let the spirit flow through us to bring health and life to those around us. See, your freedom does not supersede into somebody else's area and their ability to connect with God, amen? Thank you, Charlotte. All right, so moving on. Number, uh, well, let's, let me give you a verse for that one as uh, I think Chris Valentin says, we got to make it legal. So here's a verse that makes it legal. Okay. It says in verse Peter 2.16, live as free people. Anybody say amen? amen. But do not use your freedom. What? Oh, he just said but. It's in, it's in the scripture. It's in the, right it's in the right place. Okay. Live as free people but, or and, do not use your freedom as a cover up for evil. Live as God's slaves you know that is really interesting isn't it because slavery is the opposite of freedom and yet the apostle is saying in 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 first peter here that you're supposed to be free and then choose to be a slave there's a whole sermon in there somewhere isn't there we don't have time for that one today but he goes on and says show proper respect to everyone love the family of believers fear god Honor the president. It's, you know, different word, same, same thing. All right, we'll just leave that one there. Next thing, in our freedom, we still live a life that is submitted to the Lord. You know, Bible is very clear. It says, submit yourselves then to God. I think if we would learn how to submit to him more, we would make better choices. And someone tell me the other day we were just talking and they were they were considering making a really bad choice and they said well god God told me to do this and that was kind of a I won't give you any details but it was a really poor choice. And I just kinda looked at him I'm like I know it's easy to say God told me to do this, but I'm not sure God tells us to do half the stuff we are doing when I think most of what we're doing or a lot of what we're doing is really our flesh. It's really my own desires, or I don't want to have conflict or conversations that are hard. I want to just take this easy thing and and do this thing, right? See, I feel like if we submit to God more and more, he's going to bring more and more truth to our life and allow us, this is my prayer all the time, Lord, help me see things I don't see. Help me to hear things I haven't heard. And help me to experience you in a way like I've never experienced you before. Not just for me, but so that I can interact and engage with other people more like you. Amen? Let <laughs> me just go back. I want to do this. In Philippians chapter 2, it says this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Sometimes scripture is really hard, isn't it? (laughs) How many of you hate the nothing and always words? Like those are tough, right? He says, you should do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Man, sometimes verses are tough, man. I'm telling you, this verse is tough. I've got none of my children in the room, so we're safe. One of my children is in this place of when she, that narrows it down, when she comes into the room, she just starts talking. Like, I may be having a conversation with one of my other kids or with Jody. Okay, it's Susie. When Susie comes in the room, <laughs> she's, she's excited about life, you know. But when she comes in the room, she just starts talking. And if, like yesterday, they had a birthday party they went to. and They went to one of these jumpy climbing wall things. They had so much fun. So Sally is telling me the story about her experience. And when Susie began to realize that, you know, that was what the story was, Boom, she just took over the story, right? And so I've been saying to her in a loving way lately, I'll say, Susie, you're not the most important person in the room. Jody is. (laughs) Right? And I don't mean it in a mean way, but I need it in a way that kind of snaps her into thinking, you know what, there's other people in the room and they're just as important as I am. In fact, if you go to Philippians here, What does it say? Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value or consider others above yourself. Oh, really, God? I got to do that? I don't want to do that. That one involves too much discipline, right? That one involves me actually changing how I think and what I feel, right? I want to encourage you, like spouses, this is a big deal. Husbands and wives. Over the years, I've heard different people say, you know, marriage is a 50-50 thing. It's so not. It's a hundred-hundred. Like, marriage should be that thing where you're trying to let them be more valuable than yourself. Oh, again, not the easiest thing in the world. Right? But, Value others above yourself. Raise your right hand. Say it after me. I'm not the most important person in the room. (laughs) Right? I'm just not. And God tells me I'm not. In fact, Philippians goes on. He he goes on, he says, not looking to your own interests, but to each of you to be the interests of the others. Right? Goes on to say that in, in Christ Jesus... He says he didn't he 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 made himself a what? A servant, no reputation. Now if anybody deserves to walk into the room and have everybody listen, it's Jesus. But he walks in the room and he says, "Listen, I'm lower than you." How you think that's tough? But how do you know because it's in the word? It's actually what we're supposed to do. And I will tell you this, you cannot do this without Jesus Christ. You can't. Well, I take that back. You can try really hard and it might turn out okay for a while, but mostly we're just selfish people by nature. And Christ has to come into us. He has to come. Like the Bible says that we are in Christ. So if I'm in Christ and he considers himself a lowly servant above everybody else, then guess what? I get to do that too. But on my own, I'm too arrogant, I'm too prideful, I'm too full of Steve to be able to do that. Whew. It's true. Jesus. Looking to others' interests, not our own. In our relationships with one another, we need to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Listen to this. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. You know, Jesus himself, when he was talking to his disciples in John 15, he says this, greater love has no one, no man than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Folks, I think we've got a good thing going here. I, I love what God is doing. I love some of the relationships we have, but I, I do think we could move into deeper waters in this area. I do think that there's uncharted territory in being nothing and being a servant and in considering others better and more value than ourselves. And you know why I can say that with bold confidence this morning? It's because we're humanoids. <laughs> we're human beings. And I think all humans struggle on some form or another with selfishness, being self-centered, those kind of things. (laughs) Christ-centric versus self-centric. Amen. So then lastly this morning, I believe that we are called to serve others and in doing so, Sometimes have to do things we do not feel like doing. Would you agree? I want you to close your eyes for a second. I want you to think about a place in your life right now, or allow Holy Spirit to come and, and help you, quicken you in your thinking and in your mind right now, of an area where He wants you to put yourself below someone else. to consider someone else of more value than yourself hmm. And here's what I want you to do in your mind's eye, in that picture I want you just to see yourself in Christ I want you to see literally Christ in you Can you see it? Because that's what the Bible says, right? We are in Christ. Our hope is in Christ, the hope of glory. Like we aren't ourselves anymore. We are actually him. Christ in me, the hope of glory. So view yourself, see yourself as Christ in that situation or whatever situation the Holy Spirit is bringing to your mind. And then I want you just to imagine one last thing. I want you to imagine... uh, a stream coming out of you and going to them, and it may look like a verbal stream, or it may just be like a love coming out of your fingertips, or something, or you know, some kind of form and action or or uh, or tangible thing that God wants to do through you to them. Right? You got it. Some of you some of you have scrunched up eyebrows and wrinkled foreheads <laughs> because just even the picture of it is tough, isn't it? I know sometimes that we have coworkers or even family members or friends that that are really hard to work with or that we 're struggling with in one way or another. but I want to tell you that God wants to take your freedom and your responsibility and turn that situation around. Amen? Let me give you this one last verse. We read it earlier, but I want to read it again. 1 Peter 2, 16 and 17, it says, Live as free people. Do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. So I want you to stand with me this morning, if you would. And I want I to bless you, and I actually want us to bless each other. Uh, just let's be transparent. Let's be a little, let's be a little honest. The news, everybody's been talking about being transparent and all that stuff. I think in the body of Christ, we could be a little more transparent. How many of you uh, are struggling a little bit with putting yourself below someone else uh, right now? Just raise your hand. Go ahead, it's okay, because mine's up in the air too, so (laughs) we're in this together, right? And so we realize that as human beings, this is a tough area for us, but it doesn't mean that we can't have victory, right? In fact, when something is harder, it actually grows us more, doesn't it? Like if I will be challenged by this and begin to move towards what God has envisioned for me in this other person or this other situation. If I'll move towards that, guess what? I get to be one who gets to be free and responsible, and I get to learn from this, become stronger, and then God will take me to the next level. I will challenge you today with this, that if we don't learn the lesson we're supposed to learn, how many of you have ever heard of Joyce Myers? You guys heard of Joyce Myers, right? She has this thing where she talks about when the Israelites were in the wilderness and they had to go round the mountain again. Have you ever heard her talk about this? Like, round the mountain again. She'd say, like, if you didn't learn it the first time, guess what? God makes you go round the mountain again. And then sometimes we get to that point where we say, I'm just not moving forward. Why aren't things changing? Because you're going round and round and round the same mountain. And I would challenge you with this. This is a big, big area where we get to say, God, I don't want to go around this unforgiveness or this bitter or this critical or this selfish mountain again i want you to flow through me so that not only am i changed but i get to change that that other person i get to pour your life whether it's rivers of life coming out of your mouth whether it's love pouring out of your heart and doing something with your hands i don't know but i know this i don't want to go around the mountain again and i don't want you to go around the mountain again amen so why don't you just, if you're, if you're struggling, raise your hand again one more time. Just go ahead and raise it up. Now I want people around you, and I want us just to agree together. Why don't you just go ahead and put a hand on somebody's shoulder if somebody's raising. Maybe you're next to each other. Just grab hands if you want to do that. And I want us just to, I want us to, I'm going to bless you, okay? I, I'm not going to curse you. I'm not going to speak all this negatives. I'm going to say this morning, God, I bless your people. I thank you, God, for the freedom that you've given us. And I want you just to begin to bless each other, too, as we're doing this. Just, just speak words of life. Life. Father, as, as a body, as those that love each other, that you have put together, we bless each other. We bless the person on our right and our left. Father, we bless what you want to do in us. Lord, I speak life into our, into our situations. I speak life into the ways we think and how we process. Lord, I speak life into freedom today, freedom to make good choices and lowly choices and servant choices and nothing choices. Lord, that out of that we would begin to change, not only ourselves, but those around us. Father, this would be a week where we didn't go around the mountain again, but we actually moved on from the mountain and began to move in the destiny and the legacy that you have for us. So we say yes to that today, God. I say yes to servanthood. I say yes to to being a slave, a free slave. (laughs) I say yes to it. I say yes. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You are free and responsible. Free and responsible. Now go do that and get away from the mountain this week. Amen.